0: three two one oh Oh my goodness! Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Shomler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 465. Welcome in. Today, we're going to talk about the Calvin Ridley suspension, the Russell Wilson trade, the obvious massive news here. Uh, I've got. Two topics about the Packers. One about Aaron Rodgers and one about Jordan Love. Now, I prepared a bunch of stuff. And then, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, because nothing can ever be easy or simple with Aaron freaking Rodgers. It drives me nuts. I I, I don't know why this is. Reports came out. He signed a big contract extension. I reacted to it. I then was like, well, now is Jordan Love going to get moved? And then Rodgers out of nowhere tweets, hey, uh, excuse me. I didn't sign a contract extension. I'm just coming back to the Packers. So I have no idea. We'll we'll talk about all of it. It's a mess, Uh, although kind of a glorious mess. I don't know. It's going to be a fun show. Let's jump in first and talk about something that uh, I don't. I don't like to talk about this, and I'm going to ignore the Russell Wilson news for a second to start here with this one thing. It's something that we have to talk about. I mean, we don't have to. I don't have to do anything. I've certainly ignored big news stories here. I want to talk about it. Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended indefinitely from the NFL. It's at least going to be a one-year suspension. He's going to miss the entire 2022 season. It could be longer. He was expended, expended, <laughs> expended. Is word. He was suspended for gambling on NFL games, including apparently even gambling on his own team. Now, there's a lot here. Number one, Calvin Ridley said on Twitter that he does not have a gambling problem, and he only bet fifteen hundred dollars, one thousand five hundred dollars. A lot of people are comparing this to previous NFL suspensions, saying like, "Well." Ray Rice was suspended for this amount of time, and Tom Brady was suspended for this amount of time, and comparing it to domestic violence and stuff like that. It's messy, Um, and people are saying that the Calvin Ridley suspension is too long and really harsh. And I agree, it is long, it is really harsh, but that's intentional, because, pardon my French, the NFL views what Calvin Ridley did as a massive, massive fuck-up. You cannot do that. If you are an NFL player, as an NFL player, like one of the number one things they tell you is, hey, you can't gamble. They're very clear about it. They make sure that you know that because it hurts the integrity of the league. It opens up a door to all kinds of concerns like players throwing games or, you know, betting, you know, meaning they'll they're betting their team will lose and then intentionally playing bad and profiting off of it. You cannot have players in the NFL gambling on the NFL. It's unacceptable and should not happen. And so the NFL is going to come down really, really hard on Calvin Ridley. doesn't matter how much the amount was. It doesn't really matter if you at home can gamble. The NFL is going to make an example out of Calvin Ridley because they're telling you, do not gamble. We've told you a million times it's way bigger than one man. It compromises the entire league. You know this massive billion-dollar industry we have? Yeah, uh, when you gamble, people lose faith in that. We we can't have that happening. And so I think it's, if anything, a year is generous. It could be much longer. The suspension could be lifetime if you are. I mean, they literally could just say, uh, we don't need you, Calvin Ridley. You're not as important to us as we are to you. You're out of the league. Sorry, sayonara. Good luck finding another way to make money. Because the NFL here is like, look, this is zero tolerance. We do not at all, except gambling, and it could compromise our money, could compromise a way for us to exist as a league. You may not like it. It may not be uh, politically correct that they care way more about that than they care about domestic violence. But uh, money talks, man. And if you do anything to screw with the NFL's money, they will come after you. So... um. I mean, you guys may know I don't take any gambling sponsorships. I am very proud of that. I have hurt myself financially in many ways by sending emails saying no to companies with offers to sponsor the show. Um, partly because I, I don't like playing games with money; I, it feels wrong to me, especially to encourage. I'm 24 years old, 25 in a couple of days. I don't want to encourage other young people to play around with their money. That feels unethical to me. Like I, I just I don't like that but also I think it would compromise the integrity of the show and it would compromise everything I say behind the scenes. You'd be like, well, is he saying that for this or saying it because of this other, it's this over art. It's overreaching arm into the sports world. And I just don't participate in any of the gambling stuff. I'm I'm totally good. I like to talk about sports because I like the stories. I like the people I don't bet on games and I I never have and, and never will. Now, One thing that does complicate the Calvin Ridley story is that he took a leave of absence during the year. He played in only five games. He stepped away entirely from the Atlanta Falcons after week seven. And I would love to see a timeline on this. When did he gamble and when did he take a step away from Atlanta? Because it very well may be true. He, he told the world that he had mental health problems, and I look, I, I support that. If you're having a hard time met- with mental health, do what you got to do. Go get professional help. Um, I, I try to be very sensitive to that because it impacted me negatively in my own life. Uh, my, my brother took his own life a long time ago. So if you're having a hard time, I encourage everybody, go get help. It's horrible. Now, here's the thing I, I do not like saying, but I, I have to. I'm also a little bit skeptical because when you talk about mental health, it's kind of a free pass in our society. Um, People use it often, and I worry that sometimes we get manipulated by people who claim they're having mental health problems. And I've watched the TV show Ray Donovan, Maybe Too Much. He's a fixer in LA in in the TV show where, um, you know, watch Ray Donovan, watch Flack on Amazon. It's about people using pr to manipulate a public image or persona and i wonder like a little unfortunately a little voice in my head goes maybe he did step away because of mental health reasons it makes total sense i hope he goes and gets right and does what he needs to do however and i hate saying this did he know a suspension was coming did he stop playing because he hoped it would soften the blow He's like, look, I already took half a year off. M- maybe that, I i don't know. I, I'd hate saying that. I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for qu- asking that question. But maybe did his agent find out and advised him to sit out? There's a lot we don't know. But Calvin Ridley made a massive mistake. The NFL is not going to go easy on him. Uh, and you can be angry that other punishments in the NFL haven't been bigger. Like, you know, you you beat your wife. And you don't get a worse penalty, right? You, that I, I I'll hear that argument. Totally understand that. But you also doesn't mean you should go easy on Calvin Ridley. Who, I, I, I it's so ugly. I hate comparing those things. They're not really comparable. But man, if you do something that threatens the entire league, gambling as a player, the NFL knows where that goes and what, how that how that plays out. You can't have people like, I don't know, anybody shorting games or throwing games in order to make more money on the side. And so they're going to make an example out of Calvin Ridley. And I think they're totally justified. I think the conversation about other athletes and other suspensions is valid too. have that conversation somewhere else. But I don't think that the very intentionally harsh punishment of Calvin Ridley is too harsh because I think they have to be. They're going to make an example out of this guy and say, if you're a player in the NFL, you cannot gamble on the NFL. Zero policy. It cannot happen. And uh, should this punish other people worse? Maybe too, right? But if you threaten the league's money, they're going to come after you, and uh, they are going to come down hard and have come down hard on Calvin Ridley. It's messy stuff. I don't like talking about that. I don't like, you know... I say this whenever a player gets in trouble this is separate now but when domestic violence comes up in the sports world I I don't like talking about it because all you can really say is it's terrible cuz it is terrible and I don't like that our world has to deal with any of that stuff and so I I don't I just like I don't like talking about it I, I don't I don't know what to tell you it's uh it's terrible it shouldn't happen I, my heart hurts when I hear about that stuff happening but I I follow sports cuz I like positive stuff and I I want to Enjoy my life and I mean if you want to read about positive horrible about sorry about negative horrible stuff going on, Google some of the stuff that happens in the Democratic Republic of the Congo I, I at one point was like I just can't I can't read about this anymore I can't I was I was there was a period in my life I was really invested in politics and really invested in all that stuff and I just felt like I was taking a negative all day long and I couldn't do anything about it and that was really depressing and put me even farther down into a spiral and so um On this show, I try as often as I possibly can to focus on the good stuff. But I felt like, hey, the Calvin Ridley thing, I had something to say. I wanted to talk about it. And uh, let's move on. Here is the massive, massive, massive news story of the day. I am so excited. Quarterback Russell Wilson has been traded from Seattle to Denver. So Denver got their quarterback. And it's just not the one we expected. He's still an elite quarterback. he has got He's actually a few years younger. For months, it was believed, months even, you could even argue years, it's been believed that the Denver Broncos would make a trade this offseason to go get Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Instead, they got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the new Denver Broncos quarterback. Russ is 33 years old. I am very excited for him to... Grab everybody's respect back. I think, uh, no, back is a strong word. Maybe you never respected it. I think mean, like for the majority of Russell Wilson's career, he's been underappreciated. He got kind of buried up in the Northwest in Seattle. I'm from there, but if you're not from there, a lot of people aren't paying attention to Seattle and Portland and the Northwest. And he's also been on a really bad Seattle football team recently. And I, I think people forgot, either they forgot or they just never knew how, Truly incredible Russell Wilson is. I am so excited to see this guy on a great football team. The trade is not official until Wednesday, March 16th. My birthday. Happy birthday to me. That's when the new league year begins. Give me one second. I can clear my throat. throat) Now, CBS reporter Alan Bell reported the trade details. Apparently, Seattle will get two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick. They also get 25 year old quarterback Drew Locke. He's going into his fourth year in the NFL. He's probably better than drafting a quarterback in the mid to late first round. So hey, if you're Seattle and you want a quarterback not named Russell Wilson, probably your best option. Seattle also gets defensive end Shelby Harris. And here's what I love, and I'm, I'm actually really sad we don't get to see. I, I am really sad we don't get to see this guy playing with Russ in Denver. Seattle will also get former first-round pick and young tight end Noah Fant, who I think is arguably the best player other than Russell Wilson in this trade. He's fantastic. He's a young star, and I, I mean, I I just think he's a guy just waiting to have an explose, explosion and play really well in his career. Um, I'm really happy for Drew Locke, by the way. Drew Locke gets to play with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. Um, he gets a chance to be a starting quarterback again. That's pretty cool. Uh, and, and by the way, get a fair shake. I don't think Vic Fangio, the Denver Broncos head coach previously, ever really gave Drew Locke a fair shot. He didn't like him, wasn't you know, had no desire to develop a young quarterback. And so Drew Locke gets to go somewhere where he might actually be given a real shot this time. And that's an exciting thought. Now, on top of getting Russell Wilson, apparently Denver is also going to get a fourth round pick. It's a small, weird inclusion. I don't really know why. I'm like, ha, huh, well, okay then. And for Seattle, this is a massive haul because it's interesting. Pete Carroll, Seattle's head coach, at 70 years old, is the oldest head coach in the NFL, and he's about to rebuild his football team. So it's that, interesting. You know, he's a year older than Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick, there's no end in sight. So there's no reason to believe Pete Carroll's going to retire anytime soon. He's 70 years old, but he's the youngest 70 you've ever seen. Like, he is spry. He's walking around, chewing his gum, giving motivational talks and doing his thing. Um, But Seattle was already by far the worst team in the NFC West. Now it's not even close. I mean, Seattle is at the very bottom looking up at, you know, geez, the – the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, they have the worst quarterback in the division. They have the worst roster in the division. And Seattle's just all about the future now. And if you're a Seahawks fan, um, it's going to be potentially a rough couple of years while you are rebuilding, but we'll see how things go. Now, I am so, so, so very excited to see Russell Wilson play in Denver. He's got a ton of great receivers. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler is going to get a top 10 defense in Denver. The offensive line is better than he ever had, or than he's had recently in Seattle. And this is the best team that Russ has been on since he destroyed Denver in a Super Bowl a while back. And for Broncos fans, it's kind of funny, this, this narrative and this arc, because Russell Wilson goes from a reminder of a painful memory and a horrible loss to now He's a glimmer of hope for the future and maybe a great memory in winning a Super Bowl. So, I I don't know. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Russ still has to waive his no-trade clause. I'm sure he will. And look, the AFC West is now insane. That division, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and now you've got Russell Wilson all playing quarterback in that division. And I feel kind of bad for Derek Carr and the Raiders. They just made the playoffs. Now they're starting... At the bottom I mean they're the Raiders are at the bottom just looking up this massive mountain at you know Kansas City and the LA Chargers. Oh my gosh. Now Denver has Russell Wilson literally up on a mountain, like a mile high in the Denver in the Denver area. So I just I think the Raiders are um it's tough for them. Their division just got even harder. Uh and then Derek Carr himself, like He'd be the best quarterback in a couple of divisions. I think in the AFC South, he'd be the best quarterback. I think in the NFC South, you'd consider Derek Carr the best quarterback. Maybe even in the NFC East, him or Dak Prescott are pretty close. Um, But unfortunately for Derek Carr, he's going to get massively overshadowed in the AFC West by all the other quarterback talent they have. Now, we're going to get Patrick Mahomes against Russell Wilson two times a year. Mahomes against Justin Herbert two times a year. Russ versus Herbert two times a year. This is incredible. It's great for football. I cannot wait. These are six games that I think are going to be fantastic next year that I cannot wait to watch. I don't know who's going to win that division. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. I am, oh, man. It's a gift from God today that we get to see uh, Russ go to a good football team. All kinds of excitement coming on, and uh, it's great for football. So I'm curious, can Denver win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson like that's why you make a trade like this and you can argue that Russ is better than Matthew Stafford and and on top of that it seems likely that Von Miller is going to sign again in Denver so Von Miller got traded away from Denver briefly he won a Super Bowl with the Rams last year looks like he's going to come back to Denver he's got even more reason to now to play with Russell Wilson and it's kind of a fun thought can Von Miller win a Super Bowl two years in a row, one with L.A., then again with his old team, Denver. That'd be really fun. And what a weird little vacation or road trip or what do you even call it, like a field trip for Von Miller to get briefly moved out of Denver, maybe come right back and go to a winning football team again. Good for him. And uh, I hope Von Miller has a great end to his career. But I, I I just cannot wait to see what becomes of the Denver Broncos. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a good quarterback and it's been years in the making they have Nathaniel Hackett at head coach a lot of good talent there, a team ready to win and an elite quarterback who can take them there so um I, I'm not saying the Denver Broncos are the Super Bowl favorite yet I might say that in August we'll see how I feel by then but certainly um this is a massive move and I am very 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 excited to see how things play out In Denver, my best friend, uh, I've got like five best friends. One of my best friends, Jose, just moved to Denver. And so I'm going to have to go visit him and try to go to a game or something. That's a very cool thought. Good for Denver, good for their fans, and good for Russell Wilson. Okay, uh, earlier in the day, before the Russell Wilson trade news came out, in fact, I would argue this move triggered the trade for Russell Wilson made by Denver. So I got to stop here for a second. I've got a whole thing prepared. I'm really excited. And then Aaron Rodgers tweets, hey, I didn't sign a contract. And the details of the contract are not not necessarily true. I don't know what to make of this. I, I am eternally frustrated with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why anything can't ever be simple. Like news came out today. He signed a massive contract extension, four years, $200 million, $50 million a year. Now, Aaron came out and said, hey, the contract may or may not be true, but I am going to stay in Green Bay. Okay. I don't know why we never can just find out a straight answer. Like, did you sign a contract? Are you going to sign a contract? Is it that this contract, the details we heard, $200 million, $50 million a year, uh, four years, is it that that's going to get signed maybe next week? He just hasn't done it yet. I I have no idea what to make of this. I'm going to talk about this as if it happened and as if because what Aaron did say is I'm going to stay in Green Bay. Beyond that, we don't really know, but we've heard multiple reports from multiple people, and it's the sports world, so I never know who to trust because journalism in the sports world is basically like, ha-ha, I'm a fan of this team. Ha-ha, you too? Cool, let's talk crap at each other. Like, I, don't, I never know anymore. Do you trust Adam Schefter? Do you trust these guys? I mean, especially with Aaron Rodgers, there's been all kinds of reporting that I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, if the numbers are true, four years, $200 million, $50 million a year, this year, the salary cap in the NFL is $208.2 million. It's expected to go up in the next few years as revenue goes up. Still, if that is true, $50 million a year, then Aaron Rodgers will be close to making a fourth of the salary cap for the entire team and would be the highest paid by year player in NFL history. And I, for a brief moment, I was so glad. I was like, okay. Hey, at least the drama of will he or won't he leave Green Bay? I thought that was solved. Although I I did still, I mean, even in my notes, I'm like, well, even if we find out that Aaron is, you know, did sign a long-term contract, now the drama is going to shift from will he ask for a trade to will he retire? Because he is 38 years old and the new drama and new debate will be whether or not he will retire from the Green Bay Packers. Now we don't even know if he did sign a big contract. So I don't know what to make of this. It's so frustrating. Uh, I feel bad for, I'm sure Tom Grassi made a video like the minute it was announced, oh, Aaron Rodgers signed a big new contract. And then after he put the video out, Aaron comes out and goes, actually <clears throat> <clears throat> those, those, that contract, the details, which may or may not be true, which why I, I, I don't know why he never says anything straight. Uh, but for now, I, I think Aaron signed a new contract. He's certainly going to be in Green Bay next year. And, I just – I don't know. I don't know why we can't ever just get a straight direct thing from Aaron Rodgers on what he's doing. Uh, I will say he's great on the Pat McAfee show. He's interesting, entertaining to listen to. Um, Now, the Packers did franchise tag receiver Devontae Adams. If he did sign a long-term contract in Green Bay, I'm really curious if Aaron can win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years in Green Bay. Like, they've been so close, and, man, they need one very, very badly. Here's a fun thing to talk about. The big narrative is that in 2020, the Green Bay Packers spent a first-round pick on quarterback Jordan Love. Jordan Love has played a little bit. He's been very unremarkable, to put it generously. He's just not been amazing. Like, some young quarterbacks, you give him a shot, they they kill it right away. Jordan Love didn't kill it right away when he got a little bit of playing time in the NFL. And you can justify the draft pick. I mean, Aaron was getting older, the Packers need a backup plan in case Aaron decided to leave or decided, you know, he's done playing football and wanted to retire. When you have a, a guy who, uh, look, no no, no, shade on Aaron. He seems a little bit volatile and a little bit, if you're a, a guy depending on him, I'd be like, I don't know that I can trust you're going to be here in five years. Like, I just don't know what to do. So for the GM, I feel bad for the GM, Brian Gutekunst. Now, maybe drafting Jordan Love motivated Aaron Rodgers. Certainly, you could argue that he's won two MVPs since that move was made, but also say it out loud, Uh, the Packers drafted (laughs) a future franchise quarterback, Jordan Love, and then their current quarterback, the guy they drafted him to replace, won the NFL MVP, not once, but two years in a row, back to back. There is no way to spin it anymore. Drafting Jordan Love was a massive, massive mistake. You damaged the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. You wasted a first-round draft pick that could have helped Green Bay win a Super Bowl. All those years, they were one game away. Uh, And I think Aaron actually won here. It's kind of crazy. Hey, I I, I, believe—I don't—I know. kind of half believe this. It's kind of a joke. But you could argue that Aaron just has been punishing their general manager ever since. Like, I am sure that— The drama with Aaron Rodgers. Does he want to trade? Is he going to retire? Is he going to stay? I am sure all the stress of that has taken years off of the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst's life. Like He has spent nights and days stressing about his long-term plan at quarterback, and he still probably has no idea what he's doing. And Aaron got slapped in the face by this GM who drafted his replacement. And Aaron played amazing. He is getting maybe paid to stay. Aaron Rodgers totally won. Like, you want to replace me? Go ahead and try. Do it. Put, okay. Hey, hey. put Jordan Love in. Have fun with that. I'm going to win back-to-back MVPs. You're going to be begging me to stay. And, uh, you know, honestly, if $200 million, $50 million a year is true, Green Bay is begging Aaron Rodgers to stay. And uh, well played Aaron. He won everything. He literally did. Good for him. I, uh... You know, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I I I, I think I, I just I, I have no idea what what to make of this. Is he did he sign a four year contract? Did he not? This all whole conversation amounts to basically nothing other than Aaron is going to stay in Green Bay for next year. Now, if Aaron did sign a long four year contract, it, it, the future of Jordan Love has to be questioned because you're like, well, is he going to stay or not? So. I don't know. Did Aaron sign a long-term contract? Let me know. I, I'm sure in a week we'll like really know. And it could be that a week from now, Aaron does, you know, th- that long-term contract they got rumored today, four years, $200 million, $50 million a year. Maybe he does sign that. He hasn't inked it yet. I, I don't know. I don't know why Aaron just is so indirect and evasive whenever giving anybody information. It's very, it's hard to follow. So uh, the news is, I guess, the headline, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. How long? At least next year. He's not going to Denver this year, (laughs) I guess. Now, um, the next order of business is this. Aaron Rodgers announced he's going to stay in Green Bay. He may or may not have signed a massive contract. I I don't know what to make of that whole scenario. Uh, It got reported he signed a big contract. If Aaron does stay long-term in Green Bay, the next question you have to ask is what is going to happen with their young quarterback, Jordan Love? They drafted him in the first round in 2020. He has some NFL experience, meaning he's played in a couple of games. He's got a good arm. Uh, I would argue if you are a quarterback needy team, Jordan Love is a more attractive option than most, if not all of the quarterbacks available in this year's NFL draft. I think Malik Willis might be a guy who you would rather have than Jordan Love, but Malik Willis is very raw. You are gonna have to do a lot of, I mean, every quarterback available in this draft is a guy who you're going to have to develop and polish. Same with Malik Willis, but, um, If you treat Jordan Love like a rookie quarterback, this is a guy who's available for potentially a second-round pick that has first-round quarterback talent. And if you're a team that needs a quarterback, Jordan Love might be available. That, That might be better than drafting Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Sam Howell. So here are nine teams that I think should give Green Bay a call. Doesn't necessarily mean they should trade for Jordan Love, but these are the teams I've seen circulated, people have asked me questions about and These are the nine teams I want to discuss when it comes to a potential Jordan Love trade. There are four that I think are prime candidates. There are five that I think are like, eh, maybe we'll see. Let's start with Pittsburgh. Big Ben, their long-term quarterback for the Steelers, has just retired. They have no plan at quarterback. They need something to happen. And they have the number 20 overall pick. Jordan Love is likely better than anyone they could get with a number 20 overall pick in this year's NFL draft. And maybe they're collecting former first-round picks. They've got Dwayne Haskins. Uh, now, potentially, they could trade for Jordan Love. All you really got to do is sign Josh Rosen, and you've got a quarterback first-round trifecta. I, I, I don't know. It's a fun thought. How about Indy? The Colts should give Green Bay a call, I, I guess. Uh, here's the problem, though. I don't know that Jordan Love is better than the Colts' current quarterback. Carson Wentz. He could be eventually in time and you could probably get Jordan Love in a relatively cheap trade, but you've got a later second round pick. You don't have a first round pick. I'm sure the Colts want to use their picks, whatever they have left to build their football team. And even though Jordan Love is relatively cheap compared to what you would have to make in order to get another quarterback, who even is available left? Like is Kirk Cousins available? I don't think Houston's going to trade Deshaun Watson within their division, and I don't think that Jordan Love would make Indy better immediately next year. So I, I'm not that excited about a Jordan Love-Indianapolis trade. Uh, I, think, I think Carson Wentz for next year is probably better than Jordan Love, even all of his problems included. I, I don't know. I don't think Jordan Love is the best option for the Colts moving forward. Maybe long term, but not for next year. And next year, they're a good football team that wants to try to make a run at a Super Bowl. How about Washington? Washington has the number 11 pick. Uh, I think if you trade a second rounder for Jordan Love, use your first round pick to get an impact player, that's a solid plan. Like that could work really well. And I go back to this. Jordan Love is likely better than anybody you can get drafting a quarterback in the first round and also probably way cheaper. A second round pick for a first round talent. That's a very exciting thought. How about the Panthers? Should the Carolina Panthers trade for Jordan Love? No, 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 no. Panthers fans, how dare you ask that question? What are you talking about? They already did this last year. Last year the Carolina Panthers traded a second-round pick to go get former first-round quarterback Sam Darnold. You're telling me you're, you're telling me they're going to potentially trade a second-round pick to get another former first-round pick? If they couldn't develop Sam Darnold and if they can't, have we given up on Sam Darnold entirely? I I feel like I have emotionally, but I guess logically, you got to see how it plays out. Why if they didn't make it work with Sam Darnold? Why does anyone think that Carolina would be able to develop Jordan Love? I get it they're different people, but I I don't know. I really honestly if anything Carolina needs to use their draft picks to keep supporting Sam Darnold and keep building their football team. I mean, Carolina right now, it's a depressing mess. I mean, They don't even have enough money. They're paying Christian McCaffrey a running back, a a position that doesn't have as much impact as it used to. They're paying Christian McCaffrey a ton of money, and they don't have enough money available to even give a top receiver like Amari Cooper a true good offer. So it's just very frustrating and depressing if you – I'm not a Carolina Panthers fan, but at times I've really rooted for them. I've been emotionally invested in them doing well, and they have not at all. And I just – oh, man. I – Could not feel worse about where the Carolina Panthers are right now as an organization. Now, the Cleveland Browns, here's an interesting conversation. You can argue that Cleveland Browns should make a trade for Jordan Love. Your current quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has been playing badly. Jordan Love will act as either competition or a replacement to Baker Mayfield. I would imagine that relationship would be tough between Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I believe... Baker Mayfield is probably not a fun person to be around if he feels threatened by you. I'm sure that'd be a lot of cold shoulder, a lot of like not deep conversations about life. Uh, we'll see, but I, I, I would I would imagine without ever meeting Baker Mayfield, he's probably pretty petty if you're a quarterback competing against him. And here's the thing, though: trading for Jordan Love either is going to motivate Baker Mayfield and he plays very very well, or Jordan Love could be your guy and. I just am begging Cleveland has to do something. And a second-round pick is worth it if it gives the Cleveland Browns good quarterback play. So I'm in favor of a Jordan Love-Cleveland Browns trade. It's not the most clean trade available, and it's not the best option, but that's a fun thought. Now, the New Orleans Saints, they have no quarterback. Seems like they have no plan. Jordan Love is better than nothing at quarterback, and I would trade a second-round pick to get Jordan Love in a heartbeat. I would trade for Jordan Love. I'd use my number 18 overall pick to draft him a receiver. That's a great plan. Like, I feel good about that. The Saints feel like a mess, but they actually have a good defense. They still have Alvin Kamara at running back. They could win with defense and running the ball while Jordan Love develops. So I think the Saints are a great option. What about a team in their division, Tampa? Is Tom Brady retired? I don't know about that, actually. I don't know if Tom Brady is really going to truly stay away from football. He does seem done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers though. And if you're Tampa, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Jordan Love? Jimmy Garoppolo is probably better if you want to win right now. So I don't think they're going to trade for Jordan Love because Jordan Love is more of a long-term plan, but I would love to see Bruce Arians develop Jordan Love. This guy who worked with Andrew Luck, worked with Big Ben. I, I love the thought of him getting a young quarterback who they can build around and make their long term plan at quarterback. I know they drafted Kyle Trask last year. I think Jordan Love is more talented personally than Kyle Trask. I'm not a big Kyle Trask believer at this point. Um, and Jordan Love, man, that's a fun outside the box thought. Could Tampa make a move to get Jordan Love? Again, it probably doesn't help them win immediately next year, but they got a good defense. They've got a lot of stuff going for them. You got Mike Evans. It's a great scenario for a young quarterback to walk into. And I I would if I'm Jordan Love, that sounds like a go to Tampa, live in Florida, have great receivers to throw to, have a good offensive line, have a really good defense. I mean, man, you're cooking with gas with that idea. So I I like that thought for Jordan Love's sake. I just don't know that Tampa wants to sacrifice a short term success. I don't know. If I'm Tampa, you already won a Super Bowl. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to win you a Super Bowl next year? I don't think so. I think you make the move. And now that I say it out loud, trade for Jordan Love, Tampa. That would be so much fun. And man, they've got some good players around Jordan Love that they could use to develop him. And I just, that's a thought that really, really excites me. Atlanta, Matt Ryan is going to have a hard time aging. I mean, Matt Ryan is an aging quarterback. Unfortunately, I think Atlanta is going to have a hard time trading him away because it's going to cost them a lot of money if they want to trade him away. Um, ideally you get Matt Ryan out of Atlanta and send him somewhere where he can win games immediately. Like Matt Ryan in Cleveland would be awesome, but I don't think Atlanta wants to pay the cost of getting rid of Matt Ryan. If you're Atlanta, you have the number eight overall pick. And a lot of people are talking about how the Atlanta Falcons should draft young quarterback Malik Willis, number eight overall, let him sit behind Matt Ryan. It's a great idea if Malik Willis is still available, number eight overall. I think the idea of, Hey, you trade your 43rd overall pick to get Jordan love a, a former first round pick at quarterback who can be your franchise feature quarterback. You get another impact player, number eight overall. And then in the first two rounds with two draft picks, you get a future quarterback and another good player to start on your football team. I mean, there's a potential going on in Atlanta. They've got a young offensive line. They've got a, they're rebuilding in many ways, but it's not hopeless. If you get the right quarterback and, I mean, Kyle Pitts, the tight end in Atlanta, is this amazing young tight end. Who's going to be throwing to him in five years from now? Maybe Jordan Love. It's a great thought. It's a great idea. Of course, I think it's an idea. It's, it's, my, it's my idea. I think that's a perfect formula, though. You trade a second-round pick for Jordan Love, and you use their first-round pick to draft a starter that makes your team better now. And there are four teams you could really pull this off. The Saints, Atlanta, Washington and Pittsburgh. They're all teams that do not have a quarterback that need a quarterback. And I think those are four teams that should heavily pursue Jordan love the saints, Washington uh, and Pittsburgh really, really excite me. I I stumbled onto something though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading for Jordan love, Jordan love gets to play with Mike Evans, gets to play with OJ Howard, gets to play with a good defense, a good offensive line. I mean, that might be winner winner chicken dinner there. If I'm Tampa, did on the phone. I know, I know, I know, I know you want a guy who can win next year. That may or may not be Jordan Love. But I just, I, I, I'm i stuck on that thought. You really think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't. He had an amazing football team with the 49ers and couldn't make it happen there. So I I don't know. Would you rather trade for a short-term game with a limited quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, or trade for Jordan Love, a quarterback you got to develop? He's going to take a little bit of time, but could be your long-term franchise quarterback. And again, Tampa has a perfect setup right now for a young quarterback to grow and learn. So I I really like that thought. There is one more question I want to ask, though, one more team I want to have a discussion about. How about—oh, it's a weird one. How about the Tennessee Titans? Ryan Tannehill is limited, and at some point, you're going to need to replace Ryan Tannehill. Jordan Love will likely not be able to replace Ryan Tannehill immediately. He's not going to get there on day one be better than Ryan Tannehill. But if you can somehow get the Green Bay Packers to agree to a trade for Jordan Love, there is a chance that you get a replacement for Ryan Tannehill cheaper than most other options and with very little pain between quarterbacks, where often you have one, one quarterback you move on from and it takes a little while before you find the next one. You could pretty seamlessly go from Ryan Tannehill to Jordan Love, who could be an upgrade eventually, and much cheaper than other alternative ways. I'm not sure how Tennessee could beat an offer other teams would make. The Titans have the number 26 overall pick, which ironically is the same pick used to draft Jordan Love. Uh, then they have no second-round pick, and a later third-round pick. So it would be a different kind of trade because they can't give them an early second-round pick. It'd be maybe two picks, maybe a pick and a player, get some kind of player that could help the Green Bay Packers make a Super Bowl push next year. I don't know. But if I was Tennessee, I would call Green Bay because, man, the idea you can get a bargain price on a future franchise quarterback is, is really alluring. And if I'm the Tennessee Titans, I make that call. I, I don't know if I should say, should say this. Um, the Seattle Seahawks acquired Drew Locke today. Are we sure Drew Locke is better than Jordan Love? Are we sure? I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I feel like it's both. They're both kind of guys. They've played a little bit. Neither it was amazing. But I, if I'm Seattle, I at least give a phone call to Green Bay. Hey, we'll give you a second round pick for Jordan Love. And, and maybe because I just you got to get the quarterback right in your rebuild if you're Seattle and. Is that healthy to have two young quarterbacks competing? I I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe that's a bad idea. I I don't know if I'm going to I don't know. Should Seattle? I think Seattle Seattle should give a I just it really depends on. I wish I could talk to Drew Lock. If I'm Seattle, I'm getting in the room. I'm talking to Drew Locke, getting to know the guy. And if I'm not sure that's my guy, I might make a move to go get Jordan Love as well. Cuz that that's one that I don't know. I I just a lot of unknowns with Drew Locke as the potential franchise quarterback in Seattle. All right, uh, final topic today. Former Monday Night Football broadcaster Brian Greasy is leaving ESPN to be the 49ers quarterback coach. Good for him. Getting out of broadcasting, going back to the game. Um, Very cool. I'll tell you what, man, as a guy who's been around football a lot, and then been away from football and broadcasting about football. It's, I mean, I, I have a lot of contacts. I talk to a lot of people, but it is painful sometimes to feel like an outsider looking through a window into the game. I miss quarterback meetings. I miss watching film with a group of guys. I miss like all that, the little stuff about being around players. And I would imagine Brian Greasy missed the meetings and planning and all the little stuff you get when you work with other players and work with people. And, It's interesting to leave Monday Night Football to go be a quarterback coach. But, I mean, you got a lot of job security. Kyle Shanahan's awesome. And this came after. So Brian Greasy, and we'll talk about why he left and some of the the stuff behind the scenes at ESPN, but Sean McVay reportedly turned down $100 million to be a broadcaster for Amazon and took less money to stay as the Rams head coach. What's that about? Why would you take a job as a head coach when you're offered a hundred million dollars to be a broadcaster, an easier job with more money. And kind of a lesson here, in my opinion, is that at some point you have to choose the job that makes you happy. If your bills are paid either way, then what's wrong with taking the job that makes you happy and sounds more fun. And I always felt really bad for Brian Greasy during Monday night football because a three man booth is a bad idea. They had Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy in that booth. And It's awkward and hard to find a rhythm when you got three people like timing and figuring out when to talk is uncomfortable because usually you got one guy doing the play by play, the 40, the 50 touchdown, Green Bay Packers. All right, Steve, what'd you think? And then the other guy goes, well, that happened because they were playing cover one and their cornerback fell down. And so he was wide open down the right sideline touchdown. Like you have a guy who, I don't know why he was Southern. I have no idea, (laughs) but you have a guy who describes the game as it's happening and then a guy who talks after the play. At ESPN, you had one guy talking during the play and then two guys to try to explain in like eight seconds what happened during that play. And it it was always clunky and never right. And it's the same way having a three-way conversation is really hard. It's just like being in a broadcast booth. Like a one-on-one conversation with clear back and forth and clear rules of when you're supposed to talk is just way more simple. And I, I, I... I always felt bad because that three-man booth at ESPN was never good. And, and no one should ever do – if you feel like you need to do a three-man booth, hire other people because it felt like ESPN was like, ah, we have no big names from Monday Night Football. Instead of hiring two guys, let's throw three at the problem. Maybe more people will make it better. No. No, 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 You should never have that many people broadcasting a game. It just doesn't work very well, um, at least in football, because, you again, you have a clear – a clear formula. One guy talks, you know, he's the, the TV presenter who has a good voice, the golden voice. Hey, st- hey guys, my name is Bababa. ba We are in Indianapolis today for the ba ba like he, he He intros all the stuff. He does the commercial reads. He's a TV teleprompter guy, and he can talk during the play. And then you have the smart, wise football guy who probably played in the league, who can give you insight after each play to kind of help the viewers and the announcer who doesn't know as much about football understand why that happened during the play. No, sorry, I just went on a long tangent. Apparently, ESPN was making offers to other people. I mean, you heard Al Michaels' name thrown out. You heard a lot of people that ESPN was trying to convince to come do Monday Night Football. I'm sure Brian Greasy realized, hey, our Monday Night Football booth isn't a massive success. People don't love it. ESPN is trying to replace us. You probably felt like a placeholder until they could get a bigger name. And so good for Brian. I'm glad he left for his sake. I hope he really enjoys working with the 49ers and working as a quarterback coach. And, um, I don't know if he's making less money or more money. I would assume he's making less money to go from Monday night football to be a quarterback coach, but he's set money. Like once your bills are paid, do what makes you happy. And I would imagine it's was pretty hard to be happy doing Monday night football that way. Like not difficult. I mean, sure. It's a fun job, but if he thinks he can find more happiness doing work as a quarterback coach of the 49ers, which I'm sure he will. Getting to work with a young quarterback, Trey Lance, and develop him and work on Kyle Shanahan, all these smart people. Uh, it's a great opportunity for him. It's an opportunity for him to work his way up the ladder. To start at quarterback coach is pretty high up on the ladder. Up next, you got offensive coordinator, then maybe head coach. I mean, Brian Greasy has an opportunity here to make a coaching career for himself, something he probably always thought would be fun to do. So um, I don't know. I'm really happy for the guy. I, I really am because it's a guy making a career move that probably is one he feels very good about, it, and probably one he, he's excited to do. And um, I just know sometimes, as a broadcaster, you you feel a little bit weird because you're always talking about the game, and sometimes you feel like a poser because you're not a part of it, and I'm sure Brian Greasy at times felt like an outsider looking in. And um, No matter how many people you talk to, no matter how many times you get on field on throw or have conversations with people, I've had conversations that blow my mind with people. And I'm like, I can't believe that happened in my life that I'll never tell you guys about. Um But it's not the same as being part of the game. And uh, it's cool to see Brian Greasy going back to be part of the game. Good for him. I hope he's happy. And uh, it's it's an awesome opportunity for him. All right, guys. Um, By the way, ESPN is the worst major network to work for. They are Tor, uh, Tor, Tor, I can't even talk. They're terrible. I hate them. I've worked for ESPN. Um, They suck. They are, I've had so many... I've worked for every network you can think of, Pac-12, ABC. I guess that's the same as ESPN now. I've worked for uh, Fox. I've worked for, I don't know, the worst time. My favorite network to work for, I've worked for CBS. My favorite network to work for was by far Fox. I love Fox. They were great. NBC was very, sorry, CBS was very professional. Um, Fox was great, like above and beyond. And ESPN was annoying, like, all the little things they worry about that they care about that are they just never allow personality to shine very much and so i'm i'm really happy to see a guy get away from espn and that massive vacuum of of suck that is espn um and i'm curious how long is it going to take espn to find a big competitive name it's since john gruden they haven't been able to get anybody really big to join their broadcasting booth and um, I, I mean, they're trying really hard to get Peyton Manning to not just do the Manning cast, but also get in a booth. It's not going to happen, I don't think. So um, we'll see. But I, uh, I'm i curious what will become of ESPN and Monday Night Football in the next couple of years. And maybe when Peyton Manning's kids grow up, then he'll be willing to um, get in a booth and leave his family for long periods of time. But he's got young kids. He's like, I'm not going to be traveling on the road all the time. I want to work from home, and that's what he does, and good for him. Guys, that's all I have. Wow, we talked for 50 minutes. This was an episode I threw together this morning. I'm like, I had, actually had another whole plan. I was going to talk about predictions versus reality. I had all stuff going on, and I, I just moved that stuff aside because uh, of all the news today. And I was like, oh, I'll do predictions versus reality tomorrow instead. So here we are. Uh, we talked for 50 minutes about all kinds of fun stuff in the sports world, maybe a little bit shorter. My my timer might be a bit long. I don't know. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a fantastic day. And uh, ba-dum-bum-bam. Take care. Oh, I hit the camera. Let's go.